Welcome to the Faithful Dads Podcast, a conversation between three new dads thinking through how we can do a faithful job of parenting these little people God has entrusted to us. What was the question? So, what is something that you would like to say to encourage your wife with? I'm sure that wasn't the question. I could show you the questions. Yeah, can you show me the questions? Sure. Or at least just read that to me. Yeah. But don't change it. <laughs> don't change it for my benefit. <laughs> what is something that annoys you most about your partner? Go. <laughs> what is something you would like to encourage your spouse in or encourage your spouse with? Yeah, that's completely different. <laughs> I would say it was exactly the same, but fair enough. All right. Do you want to ask the question now? Yes, please. And then we'll do this. All right. Okay. Silence. So, what is something you would like to encourage your spouse with? I just feel like at the time, we were going around just saying nice things about our spouse. Yeah. Is that what we were doing? Yeah. Something to encourage. I'm not doing very well. Is am I? <laughs> I feel so vulnerable right now. This is a safe space. For example, to say something encouraging to you from me... You're not my spouse, though, just to clarify that. I'm really impressed with how you have had that vision of your business. And you were like, yeah, because I'm going to dig to earth. I'm going to, like, take over the world. And you are, you've done a really great job, even in the face of adversity. I would prefer to put, put it in, a, in the face of rubbish, disgusting, hard, really tough times. So I'm really impressed with you about that. This is going not how I expected <laughs> Do you have anything else to say about me? <laughs> I was going to say, do you want me to jump in as well? I mean, I if, mean if we're just doing it, I mean, what? <laughs> <laughs> to, yeah, to piggyback off Chris, 100%, the way that you have, uh, like, submitted yourself to God in this whole process of starting a business, running a business, growing a family and leading your family, and I think your willingness to... Just, you know, be open about where you're at, where you feel you need prayer, where you need help, um, and just your, you know, the way that you were just so serious about working on it for God's glory and with the amount of seriousness that you take it all. I think it's such a awesome thing to have in a friend, but also a mm. Christian, so... Mm-hmm. What about Taya? Well, I think that there hasn't been a person more formative for me getting to know Christ and his likeness than Taya. And I don't think I could separate myself from the fingerprints that Taya's left on um, my faith. And so I think, like, the biggest thing I'm thankful for is just, like, Taya's steadiness and her kindness and her patience but I haven't really been the one to, like, have those things in spades. She seems to always, you know, have that. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favourite memory of, of, of Tear and your relationship? Of it. What? I'm just like, the only, like, when I think about you, all I remember is falling down the steps and spraining my ankle and still going to get in duck. Based <laughs> like, what do I think still about? Still what? Get, what? Still what? <laughs> Getting duck. Duck. Sorry. 
I listened to that Ian Doe book, and he doesn't say duck. Like, it starts with, like, a duck. It's like a hard D and an A. Yeah. And so a Q. why have you adopted it? Oh, I don't know. But the way... Because he grew up on Duck Farm. So you can't not... Can't not say duck. Duck. It's like D-U-K would be a more... Well, the record showed Jared has lost it. Oh, it's early. Yeah. It's an early time lose. Duck. When, when was that? I don't remember that. Like, it was years ago now. Yeah. I fell down the steps, like, going... And we are going out. Yeah. And I was like, that really hurts. <laughs> what about the duck, though? That was the New Year's resolution. He wanted to eat duck. I think we went and got duck. I'm not even doing that now. <laughs> I think I remember that was New Year, New Josh, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I had that resolution to be nice to people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. New Year, New Josh. <laughs> I think I'm getting there. I think you're getting there too. Yeah, thank you. Huh. What is your? <laughs> Sorry, I totally remember the duck chat. <laughs> so I said, "What is your? What's a favourite memory? A good memory that you had about Ted?" Well, I remember when I got a duck. <laughs> No, from the duck. <laughs> from okay. the deli. Not from the pet shop. Yeah, I do remember that. Do you think I went and bought <laughs> a like went to pet boys and was like, got a duck? I've got a hankering to just own a duck. It's not a duck. Not duck. A duck. Gonna let me fly. Did you have a favourite memory of tea? You know, something that you and tear or your relationship. Wait, are we still doing last week's podcast at this point? Yeah. Okay, that's fine. Do I have a favourite memory of Tear? Or your relationship or something that you did or a... No. <laughs> oh, I did not. I thought about the other questions so much and forgot I'd like, dropped the ball on this one as well. Oh, it's fine. It is fine. So do, do you, I do have... you want some help with it? Yeah. Do you guys have a favourite memory of Tear I could say? I, my favourite memories of Tear are when I've said something and she's laughed. Yeah, she's hard to get to laugh. But most of the stuff I say, she just thinks is dead stupid. Like, it makes me feel really dumb. Not in a bad way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm completely okay with that. And most of the stuff I say is pretty dumb anyway. So her response is apt. But when I say something and she laughs, it's like, yeah. Yeah, you know it's funny. Score, yeah. Like, I've started saying, I can't believe that got you. <laughs> like, that's how I yeah. respond when she laughs. Like, the other day we were driving along. And I was like, look at the ears on that fella. I said, oh, he probably heard that. And Ted <laughs> laughed. And I said, I can't believe that got you. And she was like, yeah, it's so stupid. <laughs> She's highbrow. Yeah. yeah. I also like it when Tara and I agree on something. Because mm. I feel like we don't agree on much either. Mm. It feels special. I was going to say my my one was her final night of youth group, not because she was leaving, but because we gave her a video that all like that we put together with all the kids, like saying thank you and saying goodbye, and like it was awesome to like get tear back with what tear normally does. Ah, uh, tear, yeah. which is hard. Yeah, yeah, and especially to do it without her knowledge. Can you say you tore tear? Oh. No, because you didn't say the end of that first word. So I tarted. 
<lacht> Todd Hegelson, Duck. <lacht> This isn't really like a favorite memory, but you guys have to start throwing things at Tear. She has the reflexes of a cheetah. It's incredible. It's now become like, I don't know if it's human. That's really dangerous when you just said that. <laughs> yeah, that is really dangerous. Like the amount of time I've like thrown her something and she just goes, like straight up, one-handed. Has that been a recent thing? Like a, like a mum thing or has it been like... No, nah, I would say it's like been the last six months. Yeah, right. That I've really mm-hmm. noticed her ability to catch things. So since she's been a mum. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yep. Since she's been a mum, yes. That's excellent. Um, I would like to ask the question. I think last time we were together, I asked the question of which Bible character would you be? Mm. I would like to stick on a similar theme um, of if you could go and be at one of the moments in the Bible... If, so you go back in time, be there to watch it, experience it, <clears throat> enjoy it, or whatever, and then come back, which moment would you choose? So I'll leave that with you because I'll tell you how this happened. I was reading Hugo, the picture book Bible, and um, we're in... So yeah, it's really funny. At the end of every sort of chapter, it wraps up by saying, and David was a great king, but he was paving the way for another king who was going to do this and do that and do that. And now I say, and who is that, Hugo? And he goes, Jesus. <laughs> which is which is great, but then it's, he's only saying that because he knows that's what mm. I want him to say, not because he necessarily right. understands. But anyway, so we're doing David. And I just would love to have been there. So this is my answer, David, a David mm. and Goliath moment. Because the amount of fear that the Israelites had mm. and the amount of you know, they felt demoralized, they felt defeated, they felt all that sort of stuff. Then to see this little squirt in no armor mm. go up to this huge guy and just, like, nail him. Mm. Oh, just imagine the feeling in the camp and then, you know, going from, like, zero to, like, a 100 in such a short amount of time. And I just think that would have been a really cool thing to sort of experience. You know, it mm. be... Be there the following days up to that to feel that demoralizing defeat that the Israelites were in, and then to see this small guy and this huge, big, giant go, oh, you know. Yeah. I just imagine that would be really cool. Really cool. Now, sitting here, I imagine there are many parts in the Bible <laughs> that would be really, really cool to have been part of, but that was the first one that I thought of. What about you guys? I definitely would love to be in Genesis 1. Like, no sin, mm. a shady snake kicking about, <laughs> no clothes, all animals, just the best. That would be like, if I could go anywhere in the Bible, it'd be like experiencing that relationship. Yeah, wow. That's why I've always wanted to be Jesus. Could you elaborate on that? Considering he wasn't there? Was he? Was he? Was he? Did it say that God walked among 
She got it. That is true. Was he? All right, before we get down that rabbit hole. It's like he was there, but in a physical sense, not. Huh? Yeah. Or was he? Or was was he? <laughs> I think, like, the two that I first thought about would be, like, either of the feeding of the 5,000 or 4,000. Like, I've done, having done the Mark drama and also having done talks about that moment, that idea that Jesus is creating food, like, out of nothing sort of thing, like, in, like, a continuous way right there, mm. like, almost in a an echo of... You know, God speaking the world into existence. Like, how crazy would that be to just watch as this one man just hands out bread endlessly? Um, well, didn't the disciples hand out the bread as well? Like, yeah, yeah. Well, he passed yeah. it to them, and yeah, uh, off it went. And like that, yeah, it just seems like such a like a cool moment to see. Also, like, would sorry in sorry in that moment, would you like to go back knowing what was happening? Or would you like to go back? Ooh, and be and be one of the people there going, oh, cool, we've got food. And then uh, perhaps prob- then well, realizing. Yeah, in that case, yeah. Um, probably knowing and watching and being like, this is so cool. So you want to be Jesus? No. I just want to be an observer. You want to be back in the Garden of Eden? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I always think about that. Yeah. Because it's like you have a loaf of bread. Like it's a fixed physical yeah. amount of like atoms or whatever. And you break your piece off and you, like, give it to someone. Yep. And, yeah. And then do you put your hand back and, like... Pull the same piece? Or is it a new piece? Or, like, does everyone get the either the crust bit or the, the least crust bit? I like anymore? to think that it's under their arms and goes out of shot. And so <laughs> they pull it forward, break it off, give it, and it just never, like... You never see. Yeah, I like imagined... Mary Poppins' briefcase where uh... she pulls a ladder out of it. <laughs> see, I imagine that it was in it was in baskets and it was just being handed out. Yeah. Like I went, here you go, guys. You you two grab something. Yeah, then I go right, to yeah. someone else, and in that moment, it then yeah, replenished. Yeah. Or I don't know. It yeah. always spins me out. That or uh, <clears throat> calming the storm. Like I think to see Jesus stand up. And tell a storm to stop would be like terrifying, but also how cool, right? But I think I know it's a bit lame. Cop out answer, like walking on the road, and Jesus appears and explains everything to those two guys about how the Old Testament. That would be pretty like, cool to hear it from Jesus' own mouth that whole trip. Sit down. He breaks some bread. And you're like, <gasps> and he's gone. Like, yeah, that that'd be my moment. Do you think it would be partially spoiled because you have <clears throat> such prior knowledge? That moment. Look, I think. I mean, for me, I think I would still be just. I think I would even if I was going in with prior knowledge, I would struggle to take in everything that he was saying, because I think there must have been so much depth and beauty in that whole speech. It'd be like watching the director's cut or, like, outtakes from a movie. Like, you've, you've seen a movie a thousand times, then you watch the outtakes, same characters, mm. 
same feel, same vibe, same part of the story, <clears throat> but it's this whole thing. You're like, I've never seen this yeah. before. This is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, like, I think especially, like, extended cuts and, oh, you know, yeah. like, or even, you know, shot from a different angle. Like in Memento, when it gets to the end and you finally get the full story. Have you seen Memento? Is that that movie you watch with your dad? Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> that was Ad Astra. Memento's, this guy has memory loss. And Ali, I think he starts off with a tattoo and it's shot backwards. So oh, I have seen that. And then you get the tattoo That's before. so trippy. Yeah. Hard to follow. Yeah. I imagine it'd be more intense than that. Anyway, that's a very long-winded answer to it. Um, I would like to acknowledge that I understand that mental health is part of health, mm -hmm. but I would like to do like dedicate a whole mm -hmm. time to that because um, of its importance. Mm -hmm. I think. Yep. And then maybe even get someone who is maybe a bit more qualified to talk into that. Oh. So I thought we yeah that. Mental health is important, and it is yep. part of health, but that's not what we're talking about this evening. Not today. Not today, Junior. So, what has health got to do with being a faithful dad? Does it have anything to do with being a faithful dad? I think the first thing I think of is, like, stewardship, and that, like, you get given a body, ah. and that you are to steward it well, and... You know, it's that whole, like, my body is a temple. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's, that's immediately what I am drawn to thinking when I think about that question. I'm, I have heard that, my body is a temple. Is that from the Bible? Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 19 to 20. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honour God with your bodies. There you go. I, I only ask because I know... That it's a mantra for the secular world. Yeah, like cleanliness is next yeah. to godliness. Yeah. yeah. So that's why I asked. I wasn't 100% sure, but. Second opinion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my favourite Bible. That is very funny. Um, yeah, I think, like, when I read that verse, or those two verses, I, I don't see it as, like, your body is a temple, therefore you know, fit and, you know, muscle. Because there's nowhere in the Bible that it says thou shalt be fit and skinny and brawny and thy skin shall glisten with the oil of... Several gods. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I think, I think the emphasis is on the Holy Spirit dwelling in your mm. body as a temple and what you do to glorify God with your body. That being said, I think it's... A couple of verses later, it says, like, physical work is is worth, even has some worth or, worth or something. Yeah, like, I wonder whether, like, Paul in his letter to the Corinthians is also making the point that, like, Jesus stopped dwelling in a single holy place. Sorry, mm -hmm. that God stopped dwelling in a single holy place with his people in the dead centre of the tabernacle, or the temple, sorry, and that it was, you know, ripped and torn and everything of God was made known to anyone and anyone who would accept and believe in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And so I think, like, you can definitely pull, like, um, 
physical, like, rules out of it, to say crudely. It's also, like, just fact transmission as well. Like, it's your body is now a temple, like, that God dwells in. Mm. So then, like we mentioned a second ago about your body as a temple is used as a way to talk about what you're eating and whether you're exercising or not, and you know, but that passage that Jared read out is not talking about that. It's talking about where God now dwells. Your body is the temple now, not the actual temple. Is that right? Is that, am I understanding that? That would be how I would <clears throat> correctly, like, that would be what I would think. Yes. I think it agrees with the point that you made about stewardship, what you're using your body for. So it's not just terminating on you, it's it's being used for God's glory. Um, and the verse that I was thinking of is First Timothy 4, verse 8, which is for physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things. Hmm. So obviously there is some merit to physical health. How much? Some. some. <laughs> um, and yeah, like I, I, I read way more than I thought I was going to on this. Um, and this yeah, is my little attack of the guilt. No, like <laughs> it just it, it, I went down the rabbit hole. Um, there is a podcast. Well, podcast. Uh, there is the Village Church in Texas. Hi, y'all. Give me a minute. Um, their site, you can He's go through. Pastor. I'm not even going to mention him. Chandler. Um, you can go through and uh, look for like previous sermons that they've got up there. There is two sermons by a guy called Paul Matthews, who is their... Uh, I forget what. He's one of their like pastors there um, uh, on gluttony. So you can just search gluttony as a... Uh, search term search term in in their resources page um and there's two sermons there by him um they are both excellent sermons um th- like he talks about for him he was almost 300 pounds and basically uh two of the pastors there came alongside him and said if like you're going to take your health seriously we will pay for you to have a gym membership and and he talks about how gluttony is more than just uh, overeating. Um, and he talks about gluttony is any idol that you use to fulfil uh, a need rather than turning to God. I got so, like I read I I listened to these podcasts ages ago and it's still like is it a sermon or a podcast. Sorry, sermons. Yeah. He said, commonly seen in eating, gluttony is a lack of faith in God that expresses itself through excess and expects. Oh, I'll start again. Commonly seen in eating, gluttony is a lack of faith in God that expresses itself through excess and expects total satisfaction from some idol of choice at the expense of community, responsibility, and trusting worship of God. And I think, like, that's such a. Like, I think, and as we talked about, health goes beyond just physical health. But I think. Um, health doesn't need to just be like the opposite of health isn't just overeating or overweightness. Like I think 
there is a level of healthiness that goes beyond that. And I think, I don't know, I feel like I'm railroading this conversation already because you guys are just listening. Um, Like for me, I think health is what I need to be doing in order to serve God and serve others best in terms of, yes, I've been given a physical body and it is my job to look after that. But my job to look after that is so that I can bless others and glorify God, not myself. And if my... And, like, I think getting fit, working out, all good things, but if they are... If it terminates on yourself, if it is all for... Check out my sweet muscles, bro. Um... Yeah, I think it just, it misses the point of, because ultimately, like, our bodies fail, we get old, metabolism slows, we put on a few extra kilos every year, hair falls out, greys, all those things. Like, the idea of, I think, healthiness to try and fight off those things is futile, but to ensure longevity I suppose so you can serve better is a good thing I'll let you guys have a turn now <laughs> in a good way this is it's gone much into much more depth than I had anticipated cool but in a in a, in good, a good way yeah yeah it's now got me thinking because that's the point right whoops sorry <laughs> sorry about that so can you summarise Jared all of that that you just oh, said, man. or do you feel like do you feel like you've answered like what's that got to do with being a faithful dad? No, <laughs> I think it's, I've, I've thought about it now. I'm like, did I did what I say even have like a what you said was great argument. and relevant, <laughs> and I think it definitely speaks into being a faithful mm-hmm. dad. But can you sum like you have great confidence? Thanks. Um, look, I think you can be a faithful dad whether you are. 50 kilos or 150 kilos. I don't think, and I think you can be a great dad whether you're benching. Is that the right word? Benching? Yes, it yeah, is. Cool. Correct. <laughs> benching so 20 ben- kilos or 220 kilos. <laughs> well, I don't think anyone. <laughs> look, I'm sure someone's going to look up and tell me that I'm wrong, but like, yeah, look, 220 kilos is a lot. I just, I hung out with Australia's I, strongest man today, so I'm kind of feeling the... Can <laughs> ask him tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, my point is, I don't think there's a checkbox as such, and I don't think there's a... Like, where I think, you know, marks of a faithful dad are things like patience and... Love and faithfulness, all those things. Yeah. Tune in next week for the realist. Uh, I don't think you can say one of those is weighs exactly this many kilos, benches this many kilos, can run for this many minutes. All those things. Yeah. But I I think it's like, I think we should show our bodies well. Mm. But the Ten Commandments have nothing to do with your physical. Yeah. It's all about, like, your heart attitudes. And yeah. I think, like, you know, if if we're looking at the Bible in all its context, Jesus and God are quick to forgive when the heart is right mm. and quick to smite when it's 
beyond it. Like, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and so, like, all the talk of, like, physical attributes equaling God, mm-hmm. I don't think it's, yeah. like, a, a clear or a conclusion we can draw. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, my thoughts were you can't be a faithful dad if you're dead. True. You also can't be a faithful dad if you're incapacitated. Also true. That was where, before we've had, Wait, had this. What you, well, yeah. actually, what? That's a like you've story. had an accident and you're now in a wheelchair. No. What do I, you mean? What I mean, what I mean, that's a good question. What do I mean? I mean that. Um, you're bedridden because of, you haven't used your legs in four years. Yeah, because you've just been wheeling around on a computer chair. Yeah. Yeah. Spot on. <laughs> So you would say that there that the Bible calls for some level of like physical upkeep of your body. I don't know because no one, no one hates their own body yet cherishes it. Well, if you if you don't look after your body, then you're not going to be as much use mm. as you can to other people. For example, if I was to not be conscientious of what I eat and became overweight, that might then mean that I couldn't help with certain things like I could beforehand, mm. potentially. Um, the thing that I was thinking of for myself personally is that my, I, don't have a, I don't have a very good back, and so if I don't look after my back, then I could wreck my back, which means that I might end up in a wheelchair, which might mean that looking after Hugo and Jen might be lessened considerably. But if I put in measures now, like spending time stretching my back, spending time going to the gym to strengthen my back, that then gives um, <clears throat> gives me many more years of being able to help my family. So that's what I mean by incapacitated. <clears throat> yeah, which I think is my, like, that's my point to my long-winded response before. Yeah. The importance is looking after our bodies to look after others. And what I'm not saying is if you're in a wheelchair, you can't be mm-hmm. as good a faithful dad mm-hmm. as someone who's not or whatever. I'm not definitely not saying that. I'm just saying for me, if I am lazy yeah. and complacent, yeah. then my body could fall into disrepair and that's that could have been avoided. You mm-hmm. know, then it lessened mm-hmm. my capacity to be to do what I'm doing now. The other thing is, is that so this this is this is part of my story. Before Hugo was born, I went on a trip with a bunch of year sixes to Canberra. We went to the snow, had a snow fight. About five minutes into the snow fight, running around in snow, which is not particularly easy, throwing snowballs. Five minutes, I was stuffed. And I was like, oh my goodness, my fitness levels are terrible. I've got a baby coming. I would hate to think in two or three or four years' time, my mm. child at that time going, hey, let's play some more. And me going, no, it's okay. I'll sit this one. I just didn't like that. So that's when I was mm. like, all right, I'm going to get on the gym train and start training at the gym. Praise the Lord, there's a gym at my work. So that that mm. really helps. The other thing too on that is also <clears throat> the increased amount of bending and lifting yep. that I've done since having a child has increased. Mm. So... Preparing that by going to the gym has helped too, I think, mm. which then leads me to say, well, I'm now able to help out with my child. 
play with my child well, and mm. I would say that's part of being a faithful dad. Do you find, like, working out breeds arrogance or humility for you guys? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> never done it, never will. Uh, it's been a while since I've done any kind of workout. But it definitely used to breed arrogance. Yeah. I am, like, so on the arrogance train. Like, I've started running... And I cannot stop slapping my quads and feeling awesome. <laughs> Do you know what I mean, though? I'm just like, I always now look at people's legs. I'm like, look at those legs. Trash. <laughs> it does not breed any sense of, like, humility in me. Whereas I know for other people, especially women, it breeds, like, a lot of humility, I think. I think, for me, the reason I'm doing it the reason in my head for doing it is for Hugo. That's the only reason I'm doing <clears> it. <throat> Praise the Lord, too. I actually do enjoy it. Yeah. So I think that helps. That helps. Something yeah. that I enjoy doing. I get to watch TV when I'm doing it. And I'm doing it for Hugo as well. <laughs> and I also know the added benefits of exercise and all that sort of stuff, too. So um, I don't think it's either for me. I don't really? Think it's, don't it just like leaves you the same mental state, pretty much. I think so. I start, like, yelling. While you're running? Yeah, I'm like, you can't take this from me! But, I don't know, I'm going to a weird place. Self-motivation, it's good. Hmm. It's the endorphins. I don't know what it is, but it is not good for me sometimes. Or is it the fumes in the shed? <laughs> yep, that too. <laughs> um, I feel like we've talked about this already, but how do you look after your health as a dad? Part of the way that I look after my health as a dad is as well as going to the gym, which actually I haven't been in a very long time. So I, I feel like I'm talking as if I go to the gym. I haven't been in a while. I've been meaning to, so hopefully I'll get back on that train. Um, also, being conscious of what I eat mm. as well and what I'm putting into my body. I have a pretty awesome metabolism, so that's helpful, but I also have to be conscious of what's going on inside my body as well just because I... Don't look as though I'm unhealthy. There's also what's going on on the inside as well. Um, and yeah, being conscious of saying no to things or choosing one thing over another. And, um, and you eat a specific way. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, my preference is to eat as a vegan. However, I do eat meat if that's what the option is. So, um, and I do that for health reasons. Um, just to minimise my meat and animal intake. Well, I mean, once again, I drink milk and eat eggs, and so I'm, I'm, <laughs> my diet is liar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. exactly. <clears throat> More of a preference as opposed to a decision. Does that make sense? Yeah. <clears throat> However, in saying that, and even just on this whole topic of health mm. and being a dad, I feel like uh, my personal experience of this is a bit oxymoronic in the sense of my dad he uh, was a GP that's what he did for a job uh, and he really looked after himself really looked really conscious of what he ate um, conscious of what he what he drank what he's putting into his body and all that sort of stuff um, so you would think that someone like that would then you know cruise through their 50s their 60s their 70s and get old and you know whatever but you know 
my dad has had significant health mm. things occur for him. And I, th- I think it just showed me that it's not in, in our control anyway. Yeah. Like I, I would look at my dad and go, before all this happened, and be like, yeah, he's fit, he's healthy, he's mm. going to live a you know pretty good life. But then this stuff happened. It's like, oh, even if you are. <laughs> so maybe, maybe it's like, eat whatever you want, drink whatever you want. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> eat, drink, and be merry. Like. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You know, God's in control of it. So anyway, so um, obviously there is a line. There's yeah. a line there. So, oh, yeah, I have that in my head hmm. too. And my, my dad doesn't begrudge all of that. He, he understands and having worked with the human body all his life understands that that stuff's happened, that stuff happens. And yeah, so there are definitely things you can do to blue in the face, but ultimately it's not within your control anyway. Mm. You know, you hear of people who smoke a packet of cigarettes a day Mm. and they live until they're 80 or 90 years old. And you think just financially, how does anyone afford that? Yeah, I agree. Like, Uh, my dad was, I was talking to my dad recently and he was saying that he spent... Chewy! Yeah. Good job. My my dad's nickname is Chewy for all, all you listeners out there. <laughs> dad? <laughs> um, we, have, we have discussed this. As in, if you've listened to our previous podcast, you will, have, you will know that already. Have we? Yep. Yep. Wow. Um... Yeah, he was saying uh, he, him and mum went and did a family holiday with uh, his like dad's side of the family, and my 83-year-old grandfather apparently not only played tennis with my cousins and their respective boyfriends, but like smoked them and stayed on the court longer than all of them. What? Yeah, like they were all taking turns and he would just smash them at tennis and I'm like yeah that is a man who is like working hard at keeping a level of fitness well into his 80s and yeah like that idea that you know we can stay fit and you know god willing we'll make it into our 80s 90s 112 whatever but the same time I could walk out your door, get in the car, drop Josh home and have a head on and You can also do it for you, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well I was trying to be a little bit optimistic. <laughs> yeah, so I think there is definitely a, an aspect of it it is a hundred percent not in our control. But at the same time, like this is the body that we've been entrusted with in the same way that this is the life and the family and As Josh was saying you need to steward your body. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and you know, as as you said, I I also have been blessed with a good metabolism. Like, yeah, I think definitely, like my metabolism has definitely kept me at a level of mediocre health. But I think again, like I'm much more careful now that we've started up with. We allowed to say brand names. Do we know that yet? I don't know. Uh, we'll figure I out don't think anyone's listening. <laughs> so, what the hell you like? Uh, we've been doing HelloFresh. So, uh, portion controls is 
something I don't even have to worry about now. Like, my portions are set for me and I don't get to whinge about it. And that has definitely helped, I think, turn the, the weight back from approaching 90 to leaving 90. But, um, yeah, I, I haven't worked out since I was in high school, really. So, yeah, I don't know. Once Australia's third strongest man opens up a gym, maybe I'll have to go along. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let the record show at some point there was a comment. <laughs> I wasn't sure if it was me. I pointed at myself and these two lost it. Was it, you know, the world's strongest man you'll see <laughs> yeah. tomorrow? Yeah. Okay. Well, we all know... Australia's it's... strongest man. Okay. It's obviously not me. <laughs> I know that now. I knew it as I was pointing at myself, but I wasn't sure if you were making a joke. Because of my gym. Judge's House of Muscle open seven till late. And there's the promotion. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely, I hit 100 kilos like a month ago. And I am shorter than you. (laughs) And Chris. (laughs) And everyone knew it. (laughs) But over the last like month, yeah, I definitely have like, I think I've lost 10 kilos in a month. From running? I don't know what from. But I have been running, but I wouldn't say it was like just that. Have you yeah. changed your diet at all? Yes. Oh. I just have three tins of cold tuna for lunch every day. Haven't you done that for... Yeah. Yeah, dude. We're in the middle of some of their warm tins of tuna. <laughs> well, no, I modified my esky. Okay. <laughs> I used to have a big ice brick in there that would flop about and smash everything up. So I got core flute and I got super glue and I made like a special pouch to put the ice brick in. So it keeps... That's excellent. That is really clever. I love that. <laughs> you were like, poor outside man. As you know of the fridge. That's where I thought, like, your, like, shake of the head and downturn of the eyes was about. What an outside man. Oh, how quaint. Ice <laughs> I remember those. Giving you an ice ball for Christmas. Whenever you advertise that you want someone to come and work for you, my knee-jerk reaction is, I'm, I'm there. I'll do it. I want, I'm I'm keen. You but, never apply. Well, because it's mostly I'm either at work. Yeah. <laughs> if it wasn't for my actual job. <laughs> <laughs> but then part of me is like, I'm just going to quit my job and just be like, Josh, you want to give me some work? Or? We haven't really had to like, deal much with Margot being naughty or anything. Because like, yep. she's too young and like she's bitten Terry a couple of times. Like, today, Tia was laying on her belly on the bed mm-hmm. and had her feet dangling over the edge. And Margot was, like, patting, saying, like, pick me up, pick me up, and she wouldn't. And so she just bit Tia's foot. So that was the start of today. <laughs> and so, like, I haven't really, like, thought of the idea of, like, what to do, like, when she mucks up. And so she was in the bath before I came here, and she, um, she had, like, this little cup and she was getting cups of water and throwing them on me. And, and like, you're outside the bath. Yeah, like I was like laying on the floor next to her just watching her bath, making sure she's all right. Yeah. She's throwing cups of water on me, and I was like, Margot, stop it. And she just did it like over and over again. And I was like, Tear, what do I do? She's like, take the cup off her. And I was like, I've already done that. 
and then Margaret just gets her hand and starts handing water over the edge <laughs> all over me. So I like, got up, grabbed the towel. I was like, you can't bath. Like a nice person, you can't bath at all. <laughs> I choked. I had no idea what to do. She thought it was very, very funny. <laughs> Be boring. <laughs> I think that's where it started for us biting. As yeah. in the, yeah, dis- yeah, yeah. the discipline, like, <clears throat> uh-oh. what do we do? The first, the first thing we started doing. Why well, did anyway? I bit him back. That's what. That was some advice. I talked to some other dads who had kids and stuff, and they're like, <laughs> dog trainers. <laughs> oh, I see. My I think it's weird to bite a dog back. <laughs> no, what's that movie where he's like? You've got to bite the alpha male ear so it knows you're the king of the sled. Sled dogs? Snow dogs? Snow dogs? I've not seen it. I just... I just you said dogs. Sled. That does not sound like a movie that you will have seen. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> I broke my arm. I had six weeks. Blockbuster was a 15-minute sweaty walk from my house. <laughs> I had nothing to do for six weeks. <laughs> Couldn't ride my bike, couldn't drive a car. I've watched a lot of movies you would not expect. (laughs) A lot of documentaries. The vast knowledge of crickets. (laughs) You know there's one that freezes completely solid over winter and then in summer thaws out and comes back to life? I did not know that. That is pretty cool. And that was cricket facts on Dad's alive. <laughs> um, so during this conversation, mm-hmm. um, it dawned on me that obviously I had, was aware that there is physical health and mental health, mm-hmm. but I hadn't thought about any of the other sort of health <clears throat> until partway through this conversation. Mm-hmm. It dawned on me that there's also spiritual health, right? Ooh. Yeah. Anyway, so that's I think that could that's potentially another whole mm. conversation as well. Yeah. Mm. Um, so my next question I don't remember what I meant by this but shouldn't you be sacrificing yourself to be a faithful dad isn't that what coffee's for <laughs> to make up for all the Coff- sleep you lost coffee look let's just let's just put it out <clears> there <throat> coffee is the best coffee is the best but coffee for me is about the enjoyment and the flavour not about the effect of the caffeine sugar <laughs> sugar <laughs> Just a way that I can ingest some sugar. So, so when people say oh, I need a coffee to keep me awake, I don't resonate with that. Mm. The whole need a coffee to keep me charged. Yeah. yeah, I just had a coffee just then, and I will fall asleep at like nine thirty. So does that make sense to anyone? Because it doesn't um, make sense. To yeah, me. I was going to say, is do you mean like should we be sacrificing our health as faithful dads? Or sacrificing our time to work out as faithful dads, or I don't I honestly don't remember. I would say like that the dad bod in air quotations is probably more like a symptom of what it's like to be a father. Like I feel so. This is what I think, right? And this is just pure opinion outside of the Bible, because I think that being a dad is really full on and really hard work. And that it takes a lot of your time and you don't get to do a lot of what you like. And I think 
it's pretty easy with food being so available, so cheap and so high in calories that, like, you could find a way to compensate your lack of time and enjoyment and happiness. Not that being a dad isn't a joyful experience at times, but, like, like I think if you're in a bad place, mm. it would be easy to find a crutch in food. Mm. Mm. Yep. So that's... that's- not that, but that's part of the reason why I haven't been to the gym recently. It's because one, I was on school holidays, but two, the first week back, I just wanted to get home and hang out with Hugo and Jen. So rather than spending the time at that extra hour at school to do, you know, work out, I came home instead. I, f- I don't know. I feel like there's a there. I feel like there's a tension there for me because it does take time, effort, and energy to be mm. a faithful dad. But then I think, yeah, isn't part of being a faithful dad looking after myself to be available to do that stuff for my family? It's just a quote. Because I mean, like, you would like to hang out with Hugo, but you go to work so that he has somewhere to live. Hmm. Like, I think I think everything is at a sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a conscious decision. Hmm. Like, if it feels unjust or un- unright, to spend that time at the gym, then it's wrong for you. Mm. But if, if I, it was the other way, then... I'm just... I think for me, right now, I'm feeling like it's important for me to go to the gym at least once a week, if not more. And the reason that I do that is so that I have some sort of physical fitness to do things around the house, to play with my son, to have good health, Whatever. So I'm not even, even so I'm not getting sick and being useless to my family mm. as a, yeah. So that's, that's me. Yeah. I think, I think we answered this last week in a sense when we talked about the whole, like there's that command to husbands to love your wife and wives sacrificially as Christ who gave his life up for the church. Like, I think there is definitely a command to live sacrificially for your family as a husband and as a father. Mm. And so I think blanket answer, yes, we should be sacrificing ourselves. And I think that will look different for a lot of different people. Um, like, I think, one of the, like, you know, like you said, we don't often get a lot of time to do what we want because that's just the reality that we live in as dads and something that I used to really like doing was playing the PlayStation and I haven't played the PlayStation in I don't remember how long and it is now sitting in a box because it has become a thing of the past well just a a luxury that I like I would rather devote my free time to other things now. Um, and yeah, I think, I think originally that was a big sacrifice to just stop and not have hmm. time for that. But now it's like, don't really care. Cause I haven't touched it in so forever. And like Kathy and I recently rearranged our lounge room and we no longer have a TV set up permanently anywhere in a house. And that has been a huge culture shift in 
our house. So now, overnight, it is not just our default to just have a TV on. And so we've started, like, playing board games and hanging out and talking. Yeah, I think, again, that was something that was a sacrifice, giving up the ease of just putting a TV in the the centre of the lounge room and, you know, just sitting down after... Dancing around it. Yeah, and giving sacrifices to it. All hail to you. you know. um, yeah, and so I think, like, even just things like that just changes the way that you live. And so... I don't know, this is a long-winded answer again. Yeah, do you have a point to this? Yeah, see, this is why I need structure. <laughs> Otherwise, I just mumble forever and people look at me like, what the hell are you talking about, Jared? Shut up already. And so, I don't have that filter. So you don't have that TV? Don't we don't have, have TV. TV. <laughs> Sacrifice is important. That's why God had it in the Old Testament. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I think... I don't know. I should stop talking. You guys should... Move on. <laughs> See, I could I could just talk Forever. about so many other things. Welcome but to Jared's podcast. Yeah, 100%. Plus two. And live, it's just live. two other Jared's opinions. <laughs> just a live audience. <laughs> For a monologue. <laughs> to a silent it. live audience. <laughs> I think this podcast might be done. <laughs> We've got one more question, don't we? Oh, yeah, you? yeah, but I feel like we've answered it. So, what do you what do you do? Oh, okay, this is this is a good, this is a question. If you are feeling that your health is in the decline, or if you've slipped into like a not so healthy space, what are some things that you do? And I think because of the conversation that we've had tonight, majoritively around physical health, I feel like this question is aimed at physical, is aimed at physical yeah. health. I do feel as though we have talked a little bit about... Um, is there an air compressor running? It is the washing machine on spin. Huh? Oh, that's right. Yep. Um, to answer your question, yeah, in terms of physical health, I think there is definitely a aspect of prayer and... You know, submitting to God because I think that's a, an easy answer. It's a good answer. I was it is I had, a good answer. I hadn't actually thought about it. Um, because... That's great, Jared. So what I think is that... <laughs> Sorry. Um, because one of the verses that I found uh, today was Proverbs 3, uh, which says, Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. And, like, I feel like that is a straight up command of like proper healthy respect for the Lord is proper healthy for your body I don't know Matt Chandler tell us what you think um, I feel like I'm, I'm going away tonight with a lot to think about mm-hmm. and process I get to a point in an argument or a conversation with Jen where I'm just like I'm sorry my 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 thing is full like I know there's more to talk about I know we haven't finished this but there's no point that infuriates her, but praise the Lord, she understands. I then need that time to go away and work on the car or dig a hole or, you know, um, herd the goats or whatever to be able to process that stuff and then be able to come back 
and then have a further conversation. So that's my point is, mm-hmm. I think after tonight, I've got stuff to definitely think about. And thank you. You're welcome. Only for my own personal interest. What do you have to think about? Well, you know, the whole prayer is important to your physical health. That doesn't, didn't naturally occur to me. And I think that whole stewarding your body Mm. that you were talking about and the whole part about your body being a temple, not actually, Mm. I think my understanding was wrong about that. Mm. So I've got to think got to think about that and then how that then affects health and then that whole thing of what you were saying Josh about time and energy spent on your health is that better spent on your family to be a faithful dad that's a rhetorical question that's something to think about um but I think just through this conversation I think it depends your motivation like I feel like I feel like it's a good idea for me to still work out and spend time on doing that. Um, if my family life starts suffering because of that, then I think there's an issue. But I think because I feel like my motives are for my family, genuinely, mm-hmm. um, then I think it's a good thing. Mm. But if, like what Josh was saying before, when you work out, do you feel prideful or more humble afterwards? Mm. I think it depends on your answer to that question as to how much time you should or shouldn't be spending on working it. That's something that hadn't occurred to me either. Yeah, so all those sort of things to think about. I feel like that's a good summary of perhaps... It's so hard not to just... Launch back into... Uh, Yeah, Um, really? Yeah, I don't know. I'll give you three sentences, and not Paul sentences, regular sentences. I live off Paul sentences. That's my issue. Okay, that's one. Nope, nope. (laughs) (laughs) Nope, nope, nope. That's (laughs) one. One of the things I read, this is my first Paul sentence. One of the things I read (laughs) uh, was they likened that your body is a temple to Jesus in the temple driving out the money lenders. How he says, my house was meant to, to be a house of prayer, but you've turned it into a den of robbers. The idea that that temple had been turned from its purpose of glorifying God to fulfilling human needs. And they were saying, therefore, that our bodies as temples should be used to glorify God. And, and that idea of Holy Spirit dwelling in our bodies, you know, rather than fulfilling our own needs. And I think, yeah, there there is definitely that risk of turning to the easy thing, which is self-indulgence and laziness and slothfulness. And I think that's why it's called laziness and slothfulness, because it is a passive thing that we can just easily slip into. And it's habits and it's just sitting in front of the TV of a night rather than, you know, talking to your wife or your kids or, you know, whatever. But yeah, again, I don't think there is any perfect measure of physical healthiness in the Bible. Um, When Jesus said he came to heal the sick, and not for the healthy, it's because they were spiritually sick. Um, 
And so, yeah, I think health, yes, important. And we want to be using what God has blessed us and stewarding that to bless others. Life job, Jared. You're welcome, mate. Turns out you've got the chatterbox. Yep. I mean, I knew that. All right, I just said, hey, you come up with like more stuff to say. <laughs> oh, dude. Really, you are like really editing down at this point. Yeah, it is fascinating how different everyone is. What do you mean? Well, Jared, saying all this stuff, having all this stuff to say, and you going, how do you have that much to say? You're not that sort of person, and you're not that sort of person. And it's great. Occasionally. Oh, it's just, it's important. Both. Hmm. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, yeah. Let me stop that. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode of Faithful Dads. Hit up our Instagram or Facebook at the Faithful Dads podcast to let us know what you thought about our conversation. We would genuinely love to hear from you. If you enjoyed this podcast, it'd be really great if you could share this with someone that you know or someone that you think might enjoy it. And lastly, it'd be really great if you could leave a rating and review in your podcast app so that others have a better chance of finding it. Thanks so much again for listening and we'll see you next episode. We are three dads who are doing a podcast. We are three dads who are trying to be faithful, yeah. That's why I didn't take it seriously. That is excellent. Yeah. Miss Trunchbull had a choke. <laughs> Just watch out for that magical redhead. <laughs> Was she? Nope. Okay. <laughs> Agnos. Never have, never will. <laughs> what? Like, I sort of do what I want anyway. Gynecologist. He loony. Get to use it. Like, check off my sweet muscles, bro. Shh. Benching. That's the right word. Back in my box. And I cannot stop slapping my quads and feeling awesome. <laughs> I think, for me, for me, shed fumes. Oops. Most people drink it. Sugar! Imagine that. If you're scared to find a bear, you laugh. I bet you laugh. Oh! Thanks for listening. I'm definitely a nerd. <laughs> Harry was cheating. Everyone knows he should have been with Hermione. That was the biggest. Like, I'm not getting into like fan fiction right here, but. Well. Yeah, apparently. So, apparently, I. Yeah, I don't know. I...